welcome to the Unknown Zone. I'm your host, Jess, and here is my co-host, Jeannie. Hello! And happy Friday! At least that's when we were recording this. It is Friday. Is it is it? Friday. April 2nd. Okay, my days are, <laughs> my days are all blurred. It's okay, because I'm surprised I got this one right. So... <laughs> yep 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 so welcome to our That's second true. episode yeah oh yeah. yeah second episode you sound so jazzed about our second episode man i've been tired this week has been crazy this week has been bananas i don't know about everyone else out there um but the week went by pretty fast, and if it didn't go fast for you, I'm sorry, but we're here. We're here on the cusp <laughs> of the weekend, so you made it. You made it. Yeah. Well, speaking of being on the cusp of the weekend, uh, today we're going to be talking about previous work that we used to do and um, kind of imagine a time when Fridays weren't worth looking forward to. Fridays were initially our our Mondays. Yep. In the restaurant industry, yes. 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 So, is, yeah. so we're gonna we're gonna deep dive into a little bit about our um food industry journeys and kinda go off of what we were talking about in our first episode. So uh yeah. So let's see food industry journeys. Um I guess where did it all start for us? Like where where did you like what was the reason you wanted to get into the food industry? <laughs> I wanted to be a pastry chef. Um a pastry chef. I figured uh, yeah, a pastry chef out of all things, which is the most toughest career probably to get into um yeah I just liked creating dishes like new desserts and there's like so many sweets out there that you didn't even know existed yeah were you so you were just interested in just like creating pastry or were you interested in like the science of it I guess where what was like the deep-rooted like thing that made you were like oh my god cake i want it to be my life um not cakes but just sweets and i don't know mm-hmm. yeah i wanted to make it and i wanted to i don't know it's it's kind of tough to say what what i liked about it the most but i think it's like the chemistry behind it and mm-hmm. all that stuff okay like yeah making something out of flour and butter and yeast and then voila some delicious bread or like it's just amazing what you can make out of simple ingredients yeah i mean and it could be so complex yes, it can i mean you are definitely <laughs> more the baker than i am i i went to culinary school because i wanted to be a restaurateur and i wanted to be a chef um maybe a head chef down the road or a personal chef honestly my my first thing like I really wanted to do when I got into culinary school I wanted to somehow become a food photographer and I wanted to like know the secrets 
behind all that. So I thought if I went to culinary school first, I was like, oh, well, I'll hopefully at least learn like how to make the things that I want to, you know, photograph maybe later in life. But clearly it didn't go (laughs) the way any of us. Yeah, yeah. it didn't go as planned like many college um, journeys. But uh, I got my love of cooking from my grandmother. And she, of course, like in any Mexican family, uh, she was the matriarch and she of course cooked tamales every holiday season and she made um tortillas from scratch and when i mean tortillas she made like corn tortillas and she made flour tortillas from scratch like her flour tortillas we would like straight up used to fight over her flour tortillas like she she would only make like a finite (laughs) amount of uh of tortillas so (laughs) it was it was like once once they're gone they're gone you know what I mean (laughs) and um since my mom is um the oldest of uh seven she had to feed a lot of mouths and it's amazing to me how like none of those mouths really learned how to cook. I think maybe one of my aunts kind of paid attention, but my mom sure as hell didn't pay attention. Like, I, I love my mom. Don't get me wrong, people. I, I truly do love my mom, but she's not the woman you go to for cooking advice <laughs> or really, like, anything food-related. You know, she she knows good food, but she does not, like, even her spaghetti, her spaghetti. I love her spaghetti, but it's like, eh. I've had better spaghetti. I mean, but then again, I married an Italian, so it's kind of hard to kind of judge the two there. But yeah, so she kind of inspired me to want to go to culinary school. Um, that and the sheer fact that it was either culinary school or the Air Force, so you know, a trade or. <laughs> going into the military uh clearly military didn't pan out but went to culinary school uh went to cca in san francisco i am not endorsing them at all that's just where i went went there straight out of high school went through basics and uh got to experience honestly i think san francisco is the best place if at least in california in my opinion to have like a culinary school because there's just so many different takes of so many different cultures in that city and especially when i went to school in um in like 07 08 it was honestly the most amazing thing ever and genie's been through here a couple of times i don't know i haven't been i haven't been anywhere else to compare it to Okay, that's fair. That's fair. But I mean, for in California, what do you think? In California? Yes, for sure. There's not that many places you could go to. What, like, that has the same diversity or? Yeah, I I mean, maybe, maybe LA, but I haven't really been up to LA because I just avoid that area. Yeah, the traffic kind (laughs) of makes it. Um not fun to be around (laughs) not fun at all yeah 
so so uh, that was that was my culinary story so i guess what what what's yours more in depth genie like okay in the very um to first like you know signed up yeah. for culinary school so I, I didn't go to culinary school i went to a culinary program at a community college so right after i graduated the next day I went to call this culinary class. It was basic baking and pastry just to see if I wanted to do it. If I liked it, it was like a test run over the summer. So I did that for a little bit. I liked it. Mm-hmm. The chef was really good looking. Oh, cause you know, that's totally a deal breaker. If I mean, if this guy's going to teach me anything, he has to be at least worth looking at for however long the lecture is going to be. A cooking class and I was like man I'm gonna absolutely hate this and um I decided to not only do pastries but also to do savory oh okay so, so I'm like, doing both so it, oh okay so it's like one continuous course yeah so it was kind of weird like I think only like five classes difference of doing okay. your your chef whatever your culinary and then your bacon and pastry Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, I went to a fancy trade school. Um, you did. And, and paid a lot of, like, insane, <laughs> insane amount of money. Yeah. So I, I think that takes us to our, our next thing. Uh, what were, what was our expectations going in versus <laughs> what it actually has been? Yeah, like, so. So what was what was your expectations when you were taking like that temporary class? Like what, what were you expecting to get out of that class? A more baking and pastry knowledge. Just just trying to figure out what I was like, if I was feeling it or not. Could I do this for the rest of my life? Yeah. That's what I was expecting. And I was I was I was I was 18. I was like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can do this for the rest of my life. So clearly the bar was pretty low and the expectations were pretty low for you. It was. (laughs) Because Uh, I, it's like going into like a movie. You're like, all the trailers are really, really good. And then you're just like, it's too good to be true. And then yeah, you watch the movie and you're like, that was better than I thought. Good thing my book was low. See, Or you were super excited, like, I was right. Good thing my bar was low. (laughs) As you can tell from the noises that I'm making, (laughs) my bar was set so stupidly high. (laughs) (laughs) Like, my trailer was stupidly, amazingly high. Like, so I I went to a trade school, like, I went to a private trade school and um, the CCA and I, you know, I, I really don't even care anymore. So anyone who's going to the CCA will probably agree with me on this. Even, and even the recruiters who recruited me, you know, <laughs> and going into it, my bar was so stupidly high and it was even made higher when I actually met these recruiters because they were telling me like, Oh yeah, you know, because oh, uh, what's her name? Rachel Ray was like yeah. really big <laughs> on Food Network <laughs> when I first went to culinary school, and of course they're like name dropping all these people from, you know, Food Network and saying like how they came and 
either taught or actually like visited our school which a couple of them like I'll be honest a couple of them were at my school like I, yeah. I got to I got to see Anthony Bourdain um no, if you're from the Bay Area then I don't know if they show it in Southern California but um if anyone's heard of Yan Can Cook Chef Yan was actually one of my <laughs> one of my chefs um so he was really fun um and then I had a couple other chefs that I can't think of off the top of my head who are amazing (laughs) it's just been so long like what we're in 2021 I graduated 2008 like that is literally a whole child like (laughs) right my whole how long I've been out of college is probably a teenager who is going into college now that doesn't make me feel old but anyway um going back to this bar so when you first get recruited you have to do an interview and they ask you like why you want to go into it like you know all the basic questions but they were they would tell you like oh one they would kind of make you excited about it so you tell them your personal story and you tell them how much you're excited about it and then of course they're a salesperson so they're like mm-hmm. oh yeah you're gonna make like when you get out of culinary school like right off the bat when you're a line cook like oh and if you make it if you make it to a I know right it's freaking okay so for anybody out there who doesn't know the culinary industry um clearly we are not making that much money that was the biggest lie I think culinary school and the culinary industry Mm -hmm. food network all these books you know, about these people who tell you that they've been a line cook or they've been in the uh, restaurant industry, we, you do not start making 80 grand a year. No. That is a bold-faced lie. Like, how much did you make for your first uh, job, culinary job? Like, honestly. Okay, at Horse House, that's what the nickname is. Um, at the racetrack. <laughs> Yeah, you you named it the horse house. Hey, um, I felt like a horse. So, so horse house. Anyway, continue. Um, how much was starting pay there? Um, I'm it was saying, union. I think, but we weren't union. So but okay, it was union, say, so it did have a base pay. So it did have a base pay. Okay, so let's assume it was $14 an hour. You know, yeah, about there. I think so, I'm gonna estimate. All right, all right. So first time job, fourteen dollars an hour salary <laughs> per year is twenty eight thousand dollars. So I'm still missing like sixty some odd grand <laughs> from what they told me. Where is it? <laughs> so Lied. that is how much you were making for, and that was your first culinary job, right? Yeah, yeah. So that was the first. So that was the first culinary job you ever did was at the racetrack, and that was $14 an hour, $1,000 yep. a year. Yep. You know how much my first job was? How much? Okay, so when I got out of culinary school, um, they basically make you do an externship. to. Um, yeah. So you have to work somewhere before you can graduate. It's like you know your last big evaluation is from a uh, per, uh, a professional in the restaurant industry so yep. when i did my externship 
at the Presidio golf course, I think I was making $13 an hour when I was externship shipping, ship, shipping. When I was doing my externship there. Yeah. They, they taught me how to golf. So I got to go do some golf lessons. Um, they have a driving range. They have an amazing courses with amazing views. I'm telling you, even if you're not a golfer, which I wasn't, you know, it's still a great experience. So I don't know if they're doing it now with the pandemic, but definitely go check it out. So, and, and this is completely unsponsored. This is me telling you that this is a great place to go check out and have a wedding and or a sandwich at. So shout out to the <laughs> city of course in San Francisco. Uh, <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah, so I worked a couple of catering gigs after that. And I think minimum wage in the city was like nine or $10 at the time. So mm-hmm. again, way below that $60,000 mark. That's uh, definitely an expectation that was not, you know, yeah. <laughs> I I kind of knew that I wasn't going to make be making big money right away. Mm-hmm. So I was okay with it. And I understood that you definitely have to work up the ladder to get where you want to go. But I didn't think as a woman being in this industry, it was going to be that hard. Yeah. I was it, wrong. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hard. So saying that there aren't any women in the industry there are a good handful of women but just the ratio from men to women is astronomically like there's a huge gap very huge like nine out of ten you're probably going to be the only girl (laughs) working in the kitchen that you're working at who isn't wait? Who isn't a waitress? We're not including waitresses in this. We're not including uh, mm-hmm. you know, front of house staff. We're not including bar people. Like that's a whole other thing. So yes, they work in the restaurant industry, but they are not back back of house. I'm talking about dishwashers, line cooks, prep cooks. Yeah, um, talking about all those people who. Or even the chef. Yeah, even the chef. Like most of the time, at least like. In my 10 years, my 10-year career, for however long it lasted, (laughs) um, I think I really have to think on it of how many women I worked under or worked with. Um, I I worked under three. Three? Three. In management positions? Mm -hmm. They were chefs. They were executive chefs. Okay. So collectively, though, like... How many women did you work with and work under, like, throughout your whole career now? Okay. So, the racetrack, mm-hmm. I worked with. There was a lot of, Me- you know what? The racetracks, there was a lot of Mexican ladies that worked the line. Yeah, there was. So, there was a lot of. Actually, the was... racetrack was, ex- there was very diverse. I'll, I'll give yes. it that. The racetrack was super diverse. So, that was probably... So, a gold nugget in the um, <laughs> yes. in the ring but also, there. do you think that because most of them did travel out of out of the state to come here? I mean, traveled in state within the state to come work mm-hmm. there. Do you think it's a possibility that they could be cheap labor? Um, I mean, maybe. you mean like you mean like a carny, <laughs> like a carny chef worker? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> which which is true because if you ask most of them, they only work during the season. Well, I think just in general, the track was um, a seasonal job, you know, unless you had been working there for eons. And that's another thing, ladies and gentlemen, that these positions usually, like, don't open up for very often. Like, low-level positions, they'll, they'll usually open up every once in a while, but the higher up you go, the shorter that gap gets. Mm-hmm. And basically, it gets, it, got, it gets to some point where you're, you're waiting for someone to die for this position to open. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean... I think we talked about it. <laughs> when? Oh. When, yeah. when we worked there together... I was like, how do you get a job here? And you're like, someone has to die. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, no, I literally said that. Because there there have been, again, no shade out there to the guys who have been working their asses off and have made this, like, it's been their career for forever and ever and ever. But, like, there's no real, like, like, Mm -hmm. hardcore no people. Like, I mean, in regular office jobs, they always tell you to network and to you know go to go to these office parties and you know have webinars and all these other things at least in the the office world but in the culinary world it's like, it's like they don't teach you know that no and you need to know that like mm-hmm. you have to go out there and you have to introduce yourself and prove yourself worthy yeah. to work at these places like oh yeah yeah like baloney <laughs> It, <laughs> it's baloney till till you're in that position and you're judging someone else and you're all like, ha, prove yourself to me. Pretty much. <laughs> but then other than that, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly a double-edged sword. Um, and honestly, most of those moments can, can either be really inspiring and really push you to be the best you can be. Um, and some moments get really sketchy and sexist and just mm, that's for another <sighs> podcast being sexist and stuff. I was I was gonna say, do you wanna did you wanna talk about our most sexist moments that we didn't necessarily speak up on or that we a hundred and ten percent regret? I think we should wait on that because I think that's a whole nother podcast in itself of being sexual harassed being harassed being (laughs) i think that i mean i think anyone who's read uh a book written by any prolific uh prolific kind of chef they'll kind of know but let's just touch on it because i know we're going to get into the bigger scheme of things in later episodes but so, okay, if you had to name your most sexist moment that you had when you were working in the restaurant industry, like, what was, like, the biggest moment? And we're not going to say any names. We're not going to say any restaurants or anything like that because, I mean, most of the most of these stories, these people have probably moved on, or at least we <laughs> hope they have, and or they have – karma has already gotten to them. So we're just telling things from our experience. <laughs> But um, yeah, Jeannie. So um, I'm trying to think because there's so many. <laughs> I don't know. You go first while I think, while I narrow it down. Oh, uh, <laughs> God. I have too many, honestly. I um, see. And they're not, they're not really like, I guess, 
it's hard for me to say because it's weird. It's not outlandishly sexist. It's really like microaggressions. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of things. Okay, I guess one job I was working at an old folks home. And um, like I said, I'm, I'm a Mexican woman. And a majority of the guys I work with were like, Hispanic or from South America um, primarily and I mean it was pretty diverse but for the most part you're going to see you know Hispanics or Mm -hmm. people from South America and what comes with that is this big machismo uh, personalities and I know I said that hella white but it's basically just like this weird macho thing that these guys have to be <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah it's hilarious to, honestly it's hilarious to watch because it's, it's honestly like two peacocks like performing in front of each other and you're just like why <laughs> <laughs> and there's but, no lady around and you're like why are they doing this <laughs> what, what, what is what is going on here why are they dancing but, all um, funny <laughs> I think one of like the the most the least sexist moments to me um, was I was working with these guys at this old folks home, and one of them was a friend of the chef, and clearly he was on his high horse, and he thought he could do no wrong because his friend was the chef, and everyone was kind of like, oh, they didn't want to talk bad to the chef's friend and all the, and I mean, the guy was okay as a cook, but I mean, most of the time, most of the time he took my prep and, you know, he would take all my ideas if and make them like super half-assed. So at this place, like I got the kind of creative freedom to make, and come up with dessert menus and I took a lot of pride in that because I wanted to make sure that everyone was representative at this uh at this old folks home so I always tried to make things that were sugar free I always tried to make things that were fat free or you know like kind of if no matter where you were health wise at this old folks home you would have like something something yeah you know and like I I thought of that as like okay well they're old and you know I mean I wanted to brighten their day but this guy guy genie oh my Tell god me. He, he basically got in my face and he was saying like I needed to make him desserts and I was like why do I need to make you desserts and he was like, yeah, you need to make desserts for, um, for your days off. So I would have, I got really lucky and I had two days next to each other off. And he was basically demanding that I make pr- enough prep for him to get through the weekend while he's at my station. So he basically didn't have to do any work. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, no, bro. I don't care whose friend you are. I don't care who you think you are. You know, like I'm not doing that. Like, I'll help you and make sure there's pr- enough prep to get you at least like started, but I'm not going to do all of it for you. So yeah. you're going to have to pull it there. So, so I kind of put my foot in on the line on that one. 
And come to find out, he was defrosting frozen pies and putting them out there and then putting my name out there and saying like, oh, uh, it was it was our little bakery girl. Our little bakery girl made these for you guys. And of course, the people started complaining. And he was like, he was like, oh, there's no way I could cook any of this, you know. Mm. He's like, only the girls do this. Sorry. So anytime anyone complained to him, he'd basically blame it on like me and one of this other chick that used to work <laughs> there. And I was like, are you serious? <laughs> how, how did you find out? Um, I found out because one of, um, one of the lead line cooks uh-huh. who I God, I wish I remember his name, but, um, he, he was amazing. He was super helpful. He was probably everything that I wanted to be in a leader for the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And he always, like all the other guys were really good friends and he was always like making sure everyone got treated really fair. And he started noticing the quality was just going to shit every time I, <laughs> every time I had my days off. Yeah. And then he was telling, and then he was telling me like all these horrific like things. Like, I mean, <sighs> it's pretty mild him calling me like, you know, a little pastry girl, but uh, he was calling me way more worse things. That oh I, my gosh. I yeah, so, um, so that was probably one of the worst things. And I didn't really speak up on it because I was like, okay, well, his friends and management, so what the hell am I going to do? But I ended up leaving, and I mean, I liked doing the work, but it's people like that who honestly... Who ruins it, yeah. Yeah. I get you. Yeah, it doesn't just happen in regular job situations. It happens pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So yeah. what, what what about yours, Jeannie? <laughs> uh, um, well, after you mentioned that, like I definitely worked with with a dick <laughs> with a whole bunch of ones. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I'm just picturing these dicks walking around the kitchen. Yeah, that's what it, <laughs> this one was was a very tiny one. Um, but yeah, so I have something nice. similar that he would come in and he would complained to me that I didn't finish my prep list it was okay you know what this one day I was working ovens it was brunch and this this place is like the best restaurant I've worked at and I shouldn't have left but I left we were super busy this asshole comes in and he's like Mm -hmm. what do I need to do and I start telling him and he's like what do you want me to do and he just continues yelling at me and I'm like standing there trying to tell him what he needs to do while I'm still doing fucking orders. And I just looked Mm -hmm. at the, I looked at the chef and I'm like, I'm leaving. And I just packed up my shit and I just left. (laughs) Yeah. I'm assuming was, was it building? Like, was this like a one-time thing or did he just do this on the car? He did this all the time, but it was, so the oven the oven station is right next to the expo and expo is where Mm -hmm. explain it. (laughs) Okay. So expo is short for expediter and an expediter is kind of like the guy or the girl in between uh, the front of house and the back of house. So they're the ones who are telling you that are telling your waiter, like, Hey, this, this plate is going to go to table 14 or, hey, this is going to go here, this is going to go there. And they're also checking. They're like the last 
like line for quality control. So and also um, communication between the cooks and the waiters. Yeah, because uh, if you, again you can ask anyone out there, cooks and waiters don't usually talk to each other, and if they do, there's it's usually some very fiery words. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it it happens sometimes. Um, I can't speak for all kitchens, but in most of the kitchens that I've worked at is there's usually an expediter and they are usually just kind of the ones who mediate between, you know, the kitchen and the uh, front front of the restaurant. So like yeah. the waiters and the waitresses. Anyway. Keep yeah. Going. So the chef was right there expediting because it was a brunch and she didn't trust anyone else. Makes sense. Mm-hmm. And um, she heard everything. And then the next, this was like the last of it. Like I had my straw. I finished the five tickets I had gathered all my stuff, told her I was leaving. And I guess she like reamed him a new one that day. (laughs) (laughs) She came up to me the next day and she's like, so I talked to him and this, this is a female chef by the way. Yeah. She talked to him and she said, I told him you were busting your fucking ass that Saturday during brunch And he did not need to talk to you the way that he talked to you. And that you were overwhelmed and you were stressed out. (laughs) And this is why we need, like, we need more female chefs in the kitchen. Not just because we need to, you know, look out for our our own uh, girls on the line and stuff. But, like, sometimes, you know, it's just... It just feels so much better when yeah. you have someone to because it's awkward. You know, it can be super awkward when you're talking to a bunch of guys who all they want to do is, you know, screw around and, you know, like again, I can't I can't speak for every guy because I know not every guy is like this. There are a lot of professional chefs out there and a yep. professional line cook who are great to work with and who are great to talk to, but unfortunately those guys are so few and far between mm-hmm. that these, these yeah. other dicks they kind of just stick out and I mean it's not fair but unfortunately they're the ones who usually get promoted and they're usually the ones who you know know the right people and you know so I mean I mean I don't want it to be fact but from what I've seen in my career and I think Jeannie will back me up on this and what she's seen yeah. in her career um, it's been something that's kind of been ra- running rampant for a long, long time. It is. Um, and it's like, yeah. it, I think now more, there's more females in the kitchen and I'm super excited to see that. And I th- I just yeah. think that like, we're just no offense to the males in the kitchen, nothing. But I just feel like we're more, we're more open-minded. We're more creative. Yeah. But hey, I have met some women out there who straight up, you know, go the wrong route or they take caddy roads or, yeah. you know, so it's a very even keel. So I worked I think with just, one, but with, yes. <laughs> yeah, so see, it, we're definitely not biased on gender or anything like that. So, I mean, it happens, but yeah. it sucks. It does. It sucks. <laughs> it does. And it's funny because uh-huh. that the guy that got yelled at by that chef even told one of the girls women shouldn't be working in kitchens. And that like Yeah. I don't know, that just made my blood boil already. And it's like Yeah. Then why are you working underneath 
a female chef. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can see that's probably the number one thing that disappoints me every single time is just like, it's already tough to break into these kind of sectors of industry and for someone within your own industry to basically say that you don't belong whether that be because of your gender, whether that be because of your sexuality, or whether that be because of where you came from, or, you know, just any, any reason, any reason, I think it's, it's it just does. sucks. And again, especially for people who go into the restaurant industry, we put our, we put our whole lives into this, like, this is our mm-hmm. world. This is our, this is our soul. This is like, what makes us happy. You know, and if it doesn't make us happy, like, <sighs> food just tastes horrible. <laughs> yeah. But it was, um, it was funny because my savory chef in the culinary program, one day he, like, talked, he, like, he's like, why, Jeannie, why are you such a B word? And I was like, because I'm a female in this industry and no one will take me seriously if I'm not serious and if I don't stand my ground. They're going to walk all over me. And he's like, okay, carry on being a bee. <laughs> and by the way, she's saying bitch. Bee yeah. bitch. So I figure, I figure since we said dick on well, this Yeah, I was show, just quoting what he said. So <laughs> don't misquote him it's, then. That, that's what he said. He called me a bee. He's like, why are you such a bee? Oh wow, that's awesome! <laughs> you gotta be professional in school. That guy is awesome. I love him. I love him. <laughs> so okay, one more thing I kind of wanted to touch on, uh, since I think we've talked about a good chunk of our crazy culinary story, um, <laughs> at least all the ones that I can think of. Ooh, I maybe I might have a couple more, but here I want to get through this. So, Jeannie, what is your best compliment that you've ever got from your chef? And what is the worst? Um, the best compliment. Yes, oh. the best compliment. I know, that's a hard one. It is. <laughs> I can think of a million worse things. But, yeah, worse. Uh, okay, I'll start with your worst moment then. If you can't think of the best compliment. Well, the best compliment came from a culinary uh, teacher, probably within the last, like, two years. And he told me, he's like, you are the best at flavor profiles, and you are the only food that I will actually eat. And I was like, (gasps) oh, I, yeah, I looked around and I'm like, you guys hear that? <laughs> oh, you need to embroider that somewhere. That needs to be like on. That has to be on your your knife it roll. Be. <laughs> it definitely should be like like he said. He such said nice that to me, you guys. Um. Uh, even though it's always a small compliment if no one like spits out our food, but when another chef says. That they'll only eat your food, like oh, oh, it's like the heavens have parted in the yeah. void. Oh, the most beautiful nebula has shown. And also itself. the flavor profiling, like the spices and stuff. And I was like, no way, you guys, you guys, I did it. It's happening. <laughs> I 
I did it. It's happening. That, that's just the one that like sticks out. And every time I'm cooking, I, I just think about it. And it's just, I don't know. That's the. Okay. Yep. So what's, what's, I think, I think you told us with your last story, your worst moment. I think that was your worst moment, right? No, there's worse, but that's one of them. Oh God. <laughs> Okay, so what's the worst, the worst moment that you, uh, in, in, in that one chef who complimented you, what is the worst of the worst? Um, I don't want to say there's a worst compliment. I don't know. Like the worst thing a chef could say to you or has said to you. I'm thinking, I don't know. You're thinking? Okay. Well, while you're thinking, I'll go with my yes, best compliment. Yes, please do. Since Okay, so my best compliment is actually when I was like super frustrated and this was um the very last class I had in culinary mm-hmm. school. So, one story I did leave out when I was talking about my culinary experience is that um I burned my hand really, really, really bad. I know. I burnt, like, basically, I burned my whole top of my left hand, and the whole thing had to be skin breast. (laughs) It was bad. So, uh, long story short, we were making churros, (laughs) and I had uh, a partner, and I was putting on the sugar, and she was taking the churros out of the fryer. Yeah, and there's this thing called a spider, which is like a little, um, <laughs> it's like a little strainer that she was scooping it out. And she wasn't paying attention, and I sure as hell wasn't paying attention. But basically, when I put, was like sprinkling the sugar on with my hand, she was putting the strainer over my hand <sighs> with the dripping oil. <laughs> so, of course, the oil caramelized the sugar and then I started screaming and her initial thought which again I don't feel so bad for her because we were really young and we were very inexperienced and who knew not to throw a towel on someone's burning (gasps) hand I know (laughs) I know Okay, so go on. Tell so, the people what happened to the towel in your burning hand with sugar. So the so if everyone knows, when sugar is melted, it gets sticky. So when you put a towel on it, it sticks to my hand, and it was like literally a third degree burn, and it was actually it was probably felt it felt worse and it looked worse than a third degree burn, but um, it, it basically like became one with my hand and she tried to pull it off and I was like pulling off my skin and I was telling her no don't pull it off and it was just that point of pain where you like don't feel anything anymore and you're just it's all adrenaline and anyway long story short I had to go get a skin graft and they had to cut it off and uh, I had to retan my hand because <laughs> I'm pretty dark so I was like, okay, I need to make this look relatively normal. And it does. It looks, honestly, if if I took a picture of my hand now, and if you saw it, there, honestly, you could I don't think I never that. noticed. So, so that's good. No. it's a, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, but, yeah, the 
But the best compliment I probably ever had um, from my chef would have to <sighs> that I was brave enough to face my fears. Um, so in that last course, it was a restaurant, and I had to make churros. I was on the grill. <laughs> no, I didn't have to make churros. God, <laughs> I have made churros since that moment. But no, I had to. I was in charge of the fry station, and um, there was one little fry station and a grill station, and I basically had to get over the fact that it was hot and that I was going <laughs> to burn myself. And my chef was just very proud of me, and he was like, "You faced your fear, and it made you a better person, and it made you a better cook." Mm-hmm. And I mean, being the last class, like, and thinking that you were failing the whole way through. Like, that was a compliment and a half, you know. And I I love this chef, too, from yeah. know, the deepest bowels of my heart. Uh, his name is Chef David Lawrence. He is actually, I think, an executive chef for the 49ers. Oh, damn. Right now. <laughs> yeah, and he has a restaurant in the Fillmore um, in San Francisco. I'm not sure. I really hope it's still there. You should Google it. Um, <laughs> I'm actually Googling it right now. I'm like, ah, that's another sad thing about this pandemic. So, I mean, you, all these restaurants that I used to work at and all these people I used to, you know. Yeah. (laughs) All these people I used to work with, they're probably not there anymore or they're probably struggling. So, oh, anyway, his, his restaurant is 1300 Fillmore and it's an amazing restaurant. If it's still there, please, for the love of God, go check it out and please support him. But no, he was he was one of my final chefs and he was an amazing guy. And um, I, I doubt he'll ever hear this, but thank you, Chef David Lawrence. You know, you you really made me into the cook. You know, yeah. I was so I still love cooking. Unfortunately, I can't do it anymore because you know of physical ail- ailments, but. You know, I did what I could, Chef. So I hope yeah. he's proud of me. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Trying to think of my worst still. Ooh, okay. Since you still haven't <laughs> thought of your worst, there's so many. Okay, but go on, and, go. And we only and we only have so long on this podcast. Oh, I got <laughs> it. But go first. Okay. No, no, go. So go, I was go. working. Yeah, I was working for this corporate company. They have a chain of different restaurants. Anyways, we're not going to get into that because I don't really care. Um, I was working a banquet one night and this um, sous chef, kind of like a a junior sous chef-ish, and he picked me and two other people to work on this banquet event. And it was like Mm -hmm. 200 people whatever busted out I forgot what I said but it wasn't something like really disrespectful and he was just like you know what this is the last this is the last uh banquet I'll ever have you work with me and I looked at him and I'm like yeah (gasps) yeah I looked oh god (laughs) I forgot what I did what I said I don't remember I don't think it was offensive I think I was just being sarcastic and he just like flipped on me and I was like, okay, I don't care. 
You cared though. I, I did. Think a... you did. I mean, that's basically that's like a bridge. It was burning funny. I did a little bit, but he still scheduled me for banquets. Oh God. Okay, so it was like an. Empty... It was like I think that that is a worse moment. It just kind of like pissed me <laughs> off because I was being. I know I was just joking around, and he just got butt hurt for no reason and tried to use his like his hierarchy to. Yeah, and I was like. Okay, like I could just, I'd rather go work the line anyways instead of standing around. Like, okay. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Um, well, my next, my worst moment, I think, um, since I can't think of anything other than this event, um, it's actually nothing that a chef has told me. It's actually something a dishwasher <laughs> did. <laughs> Um, so I worked at the Presidio and again, no shade to them. I love them very, very much. And, uh, when I was externing ship there, I was still trying to figure it was like, it was my externship. You know, I I was stupid. This is my first freaking restaurant job. So I was like, whatever, I'm hot shit. I made it this far, you know, kind of one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, yeah, of course. But so I didn't know. <laughs> well, I don't know if this was even a standard. Like from now, my experience, I I still don't even think this is standard. I think this, this was him just being, oh, like OCD and you know just oh god. Anyway, so I was behind the line, and it has <sighs> like a kind of like a. Like a spot. I'm, I'm no, no, I'm you, sorry. Madam. I heard you yawn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had an early morning, but go on. Early morning. Okay. Well, anyway, I'm going to make this one quick then. Um, so I was on the line. I was looking for, you know, utensils and um, half pans and sheet pans and all that kind of stuff. And the dishwasher was actually just stacking all that stuff. And he was very, very, very... Uh, neat with those kind of things. He wouldn't just throw it on the rack. He would literally make sure it was placed in its place. And he went from smallest mm-hmm. to biggest. And, and I didn't know how much this messed with him. But I I was like really in a hurry and I like switched some of the things so it was like all jumbled. <laughs> Again, I didn't do this on purpose. I swear. I was just, I was the first one in I had to do my prep and I had to grab a whole bunch of things. You don't think when you're, you know, like working at 6 a.m. Yeah. Okay. And I, I had to do breakfast for the freaking golfers. You know, that's like, ugh. anyway, so long story short, he came in, he saw it was all messed up and he's told us a billion times not to do that. And I was on the other side of the line. And I think one of the other line cooks who walked in was making fun of him. And he came behind the line with me. And all of a sudden, like, this guy made a snarky-ass remark. And all of a sudden, a freaking sheet pan comes flying through the air. (laughs) And this guy threw a sheet pan at me. (laughs) And he he just screamed at me, like, mother fucker. I'm like, holy crap. So, yeah, that scared the crap out of me. And that made me respect the hell out of dishwasher. (laughs) So, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it was, like, 
a moment where that made me feel really shitty, but I did oh my for God. my life. Flying so. dish pan. <laughs> a half, flying sheet pan. Oh my gosh. Oh. I know, it was kind of crazy. He, he he went home that day because he was just like having a really shitty day, but I was just like, holy shit, what the hell happened? <laughs> That's so funny. Alrighty, well, Is that it? Yeah. Yeah, I think we're going to wrap it up with the, the quote okay. of the day, right? Yes. And since it's our second episode, yes. this is it's your time to shine. Yes, okay, so the quote that I found, and that was like a little bit touching, not really, I'm being sarcastic there, um, is by David Chain, and he said, I don't think there's any chef that is born great, like in music or in sports. You have to burn yourself messing up makes you a better chef oh that's actually it a is. tender moment right there because okay i gotta tell you guys out there she told me something totally different so she came and blindsided me with how sweet this quote is this is very sweet oh that's nice that's nice well thank you guys for uh coming in and listening to us today and uh Again, hope you liked our second episode, and we'll hopefully be back with episode three with uh, more topics to turn about. And um, I think this is a good moment. If you want to check in our little description box, we will have our email you can send us. Our next episode, we're going to be talking about shitty work interviews and just, uh, you know, those very awkward moments at the office. So if you have any stories you want to share or any advice, uh, definitely check out in our description. Uh, it's uh, unknownzoneweirdos at gmail.com. That's unknownzoneweirdos at gmail.com. No spaces all together. But anywho, I hope you guys have a great night and uh, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>